everyone and welcome to our 27th show of our second season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today we're talking to the owners of Talea Beer Company, Tara and Leanne. But first, beer. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, we're ladies. We're going to crack this first Get one out there. Yes, <laughs> crack it. So what, what are, what, uh, what's the name of this first beer that we're trying today? So this beer is Lunch Date. It okay. is our Hazy Pale Ale. Okay. Um, the second beer that we brewed. The goal of this beer is to maximize um, texture from the malt bill. So it's a 5.5% Hazy Pale Ale, again, um, lead hops of Citra and El Dorado. So we want to play up the citrusy notes with a little bit of um, tropical underpinnings and then bring as much texture and flavor as we can for a beer that's lower in alcohol. Our overall goal with all of our beers is to be low in bitterness and fruit forward, so we tend to use a lot of citra and mosaic in our hot bills. Um, and for this beer, it was the perfect beer to bring into market before the summer, so we released it in, I think, early March or early May. Yeah. And um, having a refreshing lower ABV hazy beer that's you know full of flavor is a great way to kick off our portfolio. Our first beer we ever brewed was Sun Up, which we'll we'll try in a little bit. But um, yeah. This is it. Cheers. Let's Cheers. Try it. Cheers. Clink <laughs> clink. <laughs> So doing some of my research, um, I saw that you mentioned you wanted like low bitterness and all that because you wanted to be more approachable because there's a wine background in here and you guys want to be more like a winery and more like approachable for women. Is that the basic idea a little bit? Um, Yeah, the, the premise is there. So for us being women in beer, we knew intuitively that there are many people out there who aren't currently drinking craft beer because they assume it's super bitter, yeah. West Coast style, barrel, bourbon age yeah. craziness. But there are styles out there that we believe that wine lovers and cocktail lovers would really like if they were willing to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of women. It's also a lot of men who we've already come across and turned them into beer lovers. Um, but yeah, we think the best way to do that is to create very approachable, easy to love beers with low bitterness and fruit forward character. I think that's very unique and a smart way to approach it because people don't think about things like that. And there, there's so many people like I bartend at a craft beer bar and people come in, it's a brand new place in a new area. So people come in all the time not knowing what it is and you can see when they realize their faith is intimidated. They don't know, they want to leave immediately. (laughs) Men and women, it's like, no, come in and what do you like to drink? And they're like embarrassed to like Estelle. I'm like, that's fine. Well, that's a pilsner. So if you were like this, like if you talk to people and teach them, oh, and I feel so comfortable and I don't feel silly. And people are like, I don't really know anything about beer. Yeah, you know your taste buds. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You're going to bring so many new people to the market. Yeah, and, and craft beer needs it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we're this is the focus we're going after, but ultimately it should benefit the entire craft mm-hmm. community if we're able to expand the consumer base, and that's really what we're going for. You guys can say, we did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, so let's go back a little bit. Um, let's go back to Tara. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Pennsylvania. Both of my parents are New Yorkers, so okay. 
My dad grew up on the Upper East Side. My mom grew up in Scarsdale. Um, But I grew up in Pennsylvania, moved to New York City right after college. Um, My parents actually worked in hospitality and wine when they were my age living in New York City. Oh, wow. So my dad worked for a wine importer. My mom opened several restaurants, including Gotham Bar and Grill, which is in Greenwich Village. Wow. still going. That's huge. Um, So I just (laughs) grew up with wine, which... um, led me terrible. to <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess there was drinking but it was more about like the history and the craft yeah. and understanding the regions and you know all of the knowledge that goes into tasting and so that led me to pursue wine in a variety of different ways and ultimately led me to a moment where I realized that I wanted to explore beer because um, wineries are you know, there's usually a hospitality and education focus in wineries, and you don't often see that replicated in the beer world. Yeah. And as few women as there are in wine, there are even fewer in beer. And so uh, there are a bunch of reasons why we came to co-founding a beer company. Um, but to introduce my interest in wine that then transitioned to beer, that's kind of something I've grown up with. Wow, that's is that what your parents still do? Or are they retired? Uh, no, my um, my mom did a restaurant management also when I was growing wow, up. But yeah. my dad is um, he's a lawyer. He's a chief legal officer for a dental insurance company. So, <laughs> but he lives in San Francisco part time, and yeah. so we always go and do brewery and winery tours out on the West Coast. Beautiful. Um, what a rough life. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> <Good> for inspiration. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gotta you know keep a, a look at the, the competitors yeah, yeah. Um, and I think <clears throat> California the craft beer scene and the wine scene it's so much more developed yeah. there it's a more mature market and so there's a lot of learnings that we think you know we can learn from other people's yeah. growth paths places like modern times mm-hmm. um, the different wineries out there and how they've you know propelled beverage tourism mm-hmm. um, is something that we we want to leverage when we you know build our brewery that's awesome. So, Leanne, where did you grow up? <laughs> so, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, wow. Um, so, Brian and, Guys. Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble. <laughs> capital of the, the world. Yeah. So, we were, I, my neighborhood was literally a half a mile from the huge Procter and Gamble facility <laughs> in Mesa. Um, now, it's probably more known for Ryan Geist in their <laughs> community. Um, but yeah, parents, my mom worked for the school system and my dad was a GE lifer. Um, but yeah, my, my path to beer really started when I was in the Navy. So mm-hmm. I was stationed in San Diego for two years and lived about three blocks from Coronado Brewing Company's mm-hmm. tap room. So great beers there, very community oriented, yeah. very awesome. family friendly, yeah. amazing nachos. If you <laughs> um, and and so that sparked my interest. And then yeah. of course like Ballast Point and Stone and all the big West Coast names mm-hmm. that you hear of are like in your backyard. Um, Ale Smith, Carl Strauss, like all those I've loved. And so that. Um, that interest just grew over time. And I left San Diego and moved to San Francisco. I was there for five years in a more corporate role, um, working in finance, and finally just started homebrewing and left to join the, the beer industry to try to learn as much as possible. Um, I read that when you're in San Diego in the Navy, mm-hmm. that if you're out for 45 days yeah. at sea, you're allowed two beers, which two yeah. beers after 45 days, it yeah. seems like 
on to. It's terrible. But then it was like Budweiser. So you were. It was Budweiser that was usually kept in a storage locker on the top side of the ship, so not con- not temperature controlled. Right. Um, probably two to three years old. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. Aged Budweiser. Yeah, so here's your skunky beer. And that was your yeah. treat for four or five days out of That was the treat. But that's also why, you know, there's the term drinking like a sailor, because as soon as you get into port, like, that's all you want to do. That's funny. And unfortunately, I go to places and the beer choices were Tiger or Carlsberg, pretty much. But, um... No, that's where a, a different sort of appreciation for yeah. beer period right. uh, set in um, at that point in my life. But yeah. So when did you guys meet each other? Yeah, so um, so Leanne, as she mentioned, after serving the Navy, then worked in finance at Google and then moved to a beer e-commerce company called Hopsy. Mm-hmm. I had worked in consulting and then in marketing at the New York Times and then saw a job posting at Hopsy. Uh, Leanne interviewed me. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw her application. So we already had a customer experience and I was like, holy shit, like there's another woman who's homebrewing, into beer, willing to leave a well-paying job to just learn more about the beer industry. Like I have to get her to join. And she was like way out. And welcome back from our impromptu break. So you guys were at Hopsy, you interviewed her. Yes. And so I convinced her to join the team. And so that was April 2018. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by... Mid July, we had started an LLC for what is now to like. Wait, I'm sorry, how fast? Uh, like <laughs> three months? less than three months. Yeah. yeah. So we both had these separate paths to knowing that we wanted to have our own brewery, and um, you know, I think for both of us, it took meeting the right person to go on the journey with you, yeah. and having a work wife to you know commiserate and brainstorm with, and then also we have complementary backgrounds like yeah. Liam is very finance and ops focused I have more of a marketing background and we're yeah. both you know we were both at a startup so we're familiar with startup strategy and how to build a business so uh, it, there are a couple of catalysts a couple of late nights where we just started getting frustrated and saying oh wouldn't we should work for ourselves we should start yeah. a brewery but once we started digging into the data that's when you know all these things that I think we intuited or we felt from looking at the market like there are very masculine packaging on a lot of uh, beers on the shelf. There's, you know, New York City, it feels like every brewery you walk into is overcrowded. There's demand for more breweries. All of that led to actually looking at the data, which showed us that women are the fastest growing segment in craft beer. New York City is underserved by breweries, period. It's 0.3 breweries per 100,000 residents. Wow. Whereas other cities and more mature yeah. markets can be 12 to 20 breweries. Yeah. Like we were saying Asheville, North Carolina has mm-hmm. something like, you know, 80 breweries. More than New York City. Yeah. yeah. A lot more than yeah. New York City, um, especially for our population density. And right. on top of that, you know, New Yorkers, everyone lives in, in disparate neighborhoods. People want to entertain, right. but they don't necessarily, it doesn't make sense to do it in your home. So people are always looking Smart. for a third place. Um, so we just think there's the demand there and that quickly snowballed into starting LLC saying let's get one beer and 
let's make one beer and our goal is to get it on the shelves of Whole yeah. Foods. Like that was our pie in the sky, you know, goal. Yeah. And the more we started working on it, it took a while to get the permitting in place, yeah. to get our head brewer, get the packaging done. And we just realized this is bigger than one beer. This needs to be a full-fledged company. We need to build a business. Um, and that's when we shifted towards, you know, a business plan and fundraising, realizing we needed to fundraise to build our own brewery. So nice. we packaged our first beer and started selling it in April, so less than a year after we met. Beautiful. Um, and then, <laughs> you guys did not mess around. We following forever. Now, yes. But, like, and was that the sun up? Was that the first one? Yes. Yeah. So it would Let's be crack oh, yeah. 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 Awesome. So who uh, is in charge of the can art? And how did we? How did these designs come about? Did we get a um, a person outside the company to assist with this? Is it all you guys? What what, what happened? Because can art is a huge thing nowadays. This is it is a hot topic. Our twelve ounce cans, the shrink sleeve, everything that we kind of chose to go with um, has been a topic of discussion. But yeah, we are very deliberate with the decisions we made. So. For us, we, we knew we wanted to introduce something that didn't look like most beers on the shelves. And, you know, in our pitch deck that we share with investors, there are a couple of brands that make amazing beer, but they don't speak to me. They don't speak to my mom or my sister yeah. or my friends when women or non-craft beer drinkers walk into a beer store and look at the shelf. So we wanted to make something that looked different. Um, the summer after getting my MBA, I had worked at Wolfer Estate Vineyard in the Hamptons. Okay. They're known for a summer in a bottle and their rose cider. <laughs> yeah. So we actually reached out to their designer on, mm. not a whim, but thinking he's never going to want to work with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was really excited. He'd never done a beer brand. He's based in London and nice. took kind of these little kernels of ideas we had yeah. and created the packaging for Sunup, Lunch Day, and Bravada, the next beer we'll try. And then as we introduced new styles, he you know, was able to articulate this vision that we had. But like Leanne said, you know, every little detail in these cans is something that we labored over because yeah. we were waiting for our SLA permit, right. vetting contract routes, government shutdown. Government yes. shutdown. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that's why it felt very slow. Yeah. Um, but we, for example, we went with 12-ounce cans because we think it's a more approachable format. It's easy to, we have six-pack boxes, so it's something people can grab and share with friends and bring home. And we imagine our beer in a lot of off-premise scenarios in package versus mm -hmm. just on draft. Mm -hmm. um, we have tasting notes on the side of every can that are not about, you know, the quality of the hops and where we procure, procured them. It's more about the high-level tasting notes that give yeah. people an overall impression of the yeah. beer. We have the the ABV and the ounces on the side of the can, so it's very straightforward in a way that awesome. um, that we hope will help convey what to expect to people who aren't as it's much more with beer. approachable. Because I see people all the time in the cooler grab a can and look, and most times it says, oh, mosaic, citra, like whatever. Right. And people are like, what's that? You don't know anything about beer, you don't no. know it's a hop. So that's very helpful because most times I'm like, oh. I love can art now, it's great, but the can art has nothing to do with the beer. Like, right. it, it doesn't. And sometimes <laughs> you, can't even, you can't tell what style the beer is yes. or the ABV or anything. I hate when there's no ABV I on it like this. A lot of cans don't have any information, but it's a really cool can, like, oh, people buy it. Or if it's like a well known, 
brewery, they just right. assume like, yeah. and usually they're right. I do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like some, I won't name breweries, but like some of the ones I really like, like their past stuff, like, I'll give it a try. But at the same time, you're like, what if I don't like it? I just wasted mm-hmm. like $7. <laughs> so yeah. that's or awesome. I love it. in Manhattan. Yeah. I mean, Not we've seen our sour IPA sell for $9 a can. That's not was not our intention when yeah. we priced it. Right. But if you're going for a 16 ounce can, I mean, it just can be so expensive. Yeah. And yes. then, especially if it's a more flavorful, heavier beer, mm-hmm. not many people are going to want to drink 16 ounces sure. in one go. Right, um, right. So. Very, very true. So as the only man in the room, oh, wow. I, think I, can say <laughs> I think I can say this, that everything that you two ladies have done to start this company has been, been very planned, deliberate, calculated, organized. So nothing as to what a guy could do. <laughs> I'm sure and, that's and, not I, true, and I'm impressed by it. No, seriously. Uh, you, go, you, you look at a lot of brewery startups and they learn by mistake. I think that you guys probably did learn from a few of your mistakes, but there were a lot less mistakes compared to my gender, and I'll um, I'll take that on my shoulders. Because a lot but of like, a lot of people. This have is that amazing. Like, we we showed up. There's tasting notes in front of me. Everything is cal- like super organized. Super organized. <laughs> There's little pictures of the beer cans and the glasses, the we'll glassware. And, the yeah, we'll, we'll show you guys on our Instagram. But this is the most organized uh, podcast episode I've ever, ever been a part. Because a lot of breweries, it's like two dudes that are friends, and they're like, oh, you know, we kept getting drunk and saying we should start a brewery. So eventually we did. It's like okay. <laughs> yeah. This is much more organized. So what? How did you guys decide which area you wanted your brewery? Brewery. <laughs> Keep drinking. You're brewing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the location. Yes. Um, so that's still up in the air. We've mm-hmm. narrowed it down over time. So originally we were thinking all the way up to possibly Astoria and mm-hmm. Queens, and then down to Gowanus. Probably not further south than Gowanus. Obviously, we can't afford Manhattan. Um, we our target market is. Millennials and Gen Zers with disposable income, mm-hmm. um, and foot traffic is absolutely critical yes. for the taproom model. Yes. And to cover the rent that you, that we'll be paying in these areas, mm-hmm. the people have to come. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we are looking at different neighborhoods right now. We have a space um, with the, the letter of intent out in Long Island City, which okay. we think is a very attractive neighborhood. I was just about to say Long Island City. Um, I was there the other day for work, and I'm like, this yeah. you guys would do well with a storefront walking. Yeah. Long City. And there are a handful of great breweries there already that we yes. and we love them and so being a part of that little community would be amazing um we're also looking in north brooklyn so greenpoint okay. williamsburg beautiful um so we'll see we've had our heart broken once before yeah. when the space fell through so yeah. we're trying not to get too attached but we hope to have something operational by um summer next year end of summer of 2020. So I know the answer to my next question depends on where your location is, but what do you envision that space to look like? Yeah, so we, as you know, there is a very long list of requirements for building a brewery, including for us, we, like most people, want to maximize um, square footage because it's so expensive here, so we wanted high ceilings. We'd love natural light. We want good foot traffic, accessible to at least two forms of transportation, like mm-hmm. two subway lines. Um, 
even those things are hard to find, let alone a space that actually has charm and character. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but some of the spaces that we got most excited about are will very will be great for our vision, which is to make a space that's unlike most other breweries, more winery or high-end bar inspired so a lot of um, light bright and airy feel we want to have a bar that um, people can walk up and easily get their drinks that you know accommodates 20 tap lines so we can have non-alcoholic options Um, even if we don't make our own gluten-free beer gluten-free options for example we want to be able to accommodate reservations for a part of the tasting room Mm -hmm. so education is a really big focus for us so being able to have either cheese and beer pairings or a tour that ends in a guided tasting that's one way we think we can grow the craft beer market and make it more of a destination for people who don't necessarily know a lot about beer We already have our general contractor and our architect uh, picked out. Wow. <laughs> they were, yeah. yeah. We're very excited. So we're planners, obviously. Um, so we knew we wanted to bring on a team that has a different perspective to bringing this brewery vision to life. So they haven't done a brewery, but they've done a lot of high-end restaurants and retail. Okay. Um, our architect and interior designer has done a bunch of Van Leeuwen ice cream stores, which are really fun and playful, but also, you know, leveraging nice materials like marble and natural light stained wood. So uh, they're called Carpenter and Mason, the architect team. And then our general contractor is the Cocoza group Mm -hmm. and they've done everything from high-end gyms to Michelin starred restaurants. So they're helping us along the, you know, the process of vetting these spaces, which I think it's easy to want to do things yourself, especially if you're trying to save money. Yeah. But at the end of the day, for us, that's not our domain, and right. we don't want right. to end up, you know, eight hundred thousand dollars short. We'd rather have them right. on board to vet the spaces, and it's been really helpful because they see things that we don't. Mm-hmm. And right. That's also why we brought a head brewer onto our team. Uh, before we launched our first beers, Leanne and I were home brewers, but five gallons doesn't scale to you know, close to $10,000 right. a batch of a third barrel batch. So our head brewer, Johnny Osborne, um, he came from Six Points R&D team, and he's also worked at Long Island City Beer Project and Union Beer on the distribution side. So he's able, same, same with our graphic designer, he's able to articulate what we want out of a beer and uh, brings a ton of knowledge from different parts of the industry. So speaking of beer... Um, <laughs> nice. I'm a little out of order. The first, so the second beer that you tried was, was Sunup, right? yeah. our flagship yeah. IPA. It's super delicious. The cheese yeah. and juicy is absolutely amazing. And it, six and a half isn't high, but some six and a halves can taste boozy, and that True. doesn't yeah. at all. It's it's really really good. So this one is the Brute IPA. Yes. So this one has a pretty great story. So for us. We know there's a lot of controversy with this style among the industry. <laughs> oh, but, big time, yes. But reaching out to a much broader audience and those people who love champagne and never had beer, this is like a great bridge for them. It's a gateway. Yeah, <laughs> a gateway beer. Yeah. Um, so this is brewed with a mostly cashmere Idaho gem um, and has some citrus, citra in there as well. 
Um, the cashmere at Idaho Gem, we source directly from a sixth-generation female hop farmer nice. in Idaho. Didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah, so she runs her family farm with her sister, and it's called Gooding Farms. Um, and they were, we met them at um, CBC in April, and they've been really supportive of us from the start, so before we even had a beer. Um, so we definitely wanted to feature their hops in this product. Um, awesome. And so, yeah, this is far more champagne-inspired. Um, it has a very dry finish. It's very effervescent, still very fruity, and has enough body and complexity there since it's still hazy to, to please most um, IPA fans. Mm -hmm. So um, we're really happy with how it turned out. And it's 7%. So if you compare the... the caloric content versus ABV, that ratio is about the same as Miller Lite for this That's year. amazing. So, <laughs> so instead of Thank a 5.5 or whatever Miller is, you're right. getting 7% At here. a 7% wow. with comparable carbs and calories. Beautiful. So this can like kill a hard seltzer any day, right? Like mm -hmm. all, all the people who are yeah. trying to be health conscious, but yeah. they're drinking stuff that tastes like shit. Yeah. I mean, we want to introduce this and Goza Styles to that crowd so that they're aware that these things exist, and beer doesn't all have to be 250 calories for a super. Only one that would think of it. That's amazing. I love this one. You like it? The bubbles are dancing on my tongue. Yeah. I love it. I love Prosecco, just for that reason. Right, so yeah. this is very reminiscent of that. But like you said, it's nice and hazy. Yeah. It's a nice taste to it. So it's, yeah. I've had, I, I like the brute IPAs. I said it, what? Um, <laughs> but some of them... I don't know, like they're super, super dry, a little too dry, and you don't get like the beer feel of it as mm -hmm. well. So this is a perfect like culmination of the two. It's yeah. really, really good for 7%. Yeah. Thank you. Can you, <laughs> can you describe gooseberry jam? Because I've never read those words or heard of that in my life. I feel like they're in like a fairy tale or something. Like I imagine gooseberry jam is like, I don't know. Something, <laughs> something out of Willy Wonka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, yes. I think that's... Johnny's tasting note and my tasting note was it's the um, pineapple gummy bears. Nice, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get that. That's a good one. That's what a gooseberry looks like. That is a good it one. It looks kind of like a spherical green oh, grape. Oh, it's like a weird, like... Oh, wow, yeah. look at that. Yes, okay. It looks I've like a watermelon and a great yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> that, is what, that is what it looks like. Yeah. It's funny. Um, Wow, interesting. So we have a question that we ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Mm. Um, <laughs> the first beer that you've ever had, doesn't have to be craft, but from you know, however young you were, your first taste of beer, do you remember the brand, the name of beer? The first one or the first one I liked? First one. Oh, it was probably Natty Light. Okay. How old were you? Uh, <laughs> 17. Like, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> I, I think I'm old enough now. Like, yeah. okay. I do. I remember the house party I was at. Yeah. Okay. It was like a parents' party. Oh. You went to a party. Uh, oh. It was at a friend's house. Yeah. It was. And what did you think? You tasted it and you were like, Oh, I hated it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you kept drinking it probably. <laughs> sure, yeah. Did other things that were fun. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, um, your first beer? Do you remember? I don't remember what the first beer I remember, like for sure, was Natty Light. Um, it's terrible. College, and it's cheap. But, yeah. 
but we, I think we ta- we've talked about or thought about, you know, our path to craft beer because yeah. for both of us, it was, you know, it was w- well after college. Um, yeah. So what was the first craft beer that you had and enjoyed and you were like, okay, this is so much better than Natty Light? <laughs> One of mine was um, when I was stationed in Hawaii hmm. in Aloha Tower in downtown Honolulu, there's a Gordon Biersch and they're Marsden. Yeah, nice. I was like, oh, this tastes interesting. And then after smoky, that, it like was a smoky a, taste. Yeah, very malt forward. Yeah. Um, and then after that, the Rogue Dead Guy Ale was my number one nice. for several years. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was um, Sierra Nevada. Yes. Kale Ale. Yes. Yeah. I remember being at a bar with my dad, so I was definitely legal mm. drinking age at that mm-hmm. point. And you know, him telling me what hops were for the first time yeah. and why that added flavor and character. And then growing up in southeastern Pennsylvania, Victory was oh, really yeah. the first brew pub or place that I went to. And and uh, Dogfish Head was really big. So I had that a couple of times, like Christmas break and minute, stuff. Minute, yeah. yeah. But I didn't know, you know, unless you zoom out and start learning about the industry as a whole, I just thought it was... Like a good local brewery, yeah. And now it's like, oh wow, Sam is one of the you know most creative like forefathers yeah. of what craft beer is yeah. today. Um, and Victory is an amazing brewery, and now that you know Victory and Six Point and Southern Tier in that uh, you know group together, they're making they're really changing the industry too. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how something that yeah. just you took I took for granted because right. I didn't know that Dogfish Head was. Um, so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Those were great beers. <laughs> so no, that's like, but after thousands of Natty Lights, I got there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thousands. I just quit. I, I didn't drink beer for probably like, definitely not in college. And wow. then, well, I went to military academy too. Gotcha. And we would get randomly breathalyzed at night. Really? I didn't turn 21 until my senior year, so oh, I wow. couldn't do were too much. in Annapolis? Yeah. No kidding. Nice. Um, but um, even after that, yeah, it took a few years to start liking craft. Are you from a military family or uncles? Wow, so what makes you want to be in the Navy? Um, So I had two older brothers. They both went to normal colleges. Um, But I had some friends in high school who a year ahead of me, they applied to the different academies. I was like, well, it's interesting. Like, it's a free education and why not serve five years? Yeah. And then after that, I think you have a pretty reputable yeah. background. Yeah. And it'll be easy to get a job. Um, so I applied on a whim to the Air Force Academy and Naval Academy and ended up choosing Navy just because the town of Annapolis is amazing if you haven't been. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing. And Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, once you got there, reality hit you in the face. You're like, oh, this is it hard. It was tough. <laughs> I mean... Like, like physically? How was that? Definitely physically for me. And um, academically, I, I was good. That was my strong point. Yeah. And so once we got over, like, that initial summer where your life is miserable and <laughs> just yelling at you, then it was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Um, so best condition you've ever been in your entire life, probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably by my junior year, I was, I was in really good shape. But um, it was... 
Very character building. I'm sure. Um, I had never been yelled at growing up. Like, I was a good kid, and so to just, like, be So that first part. time that happened, did you cry? No, I didn't cry. Um, Were you like, what the fuck? There's just too much going on. <laughs> it's crazy. If you, and same with West Point. Like, if you go to the Intoc Day, I mean, they're, you're running around like crazy. My mom yeah. cried. Um, well, you mean your mom cried? <laughs> oh yeah, she didn't. She wasn't too thrilled that I went that path. But then my five years in the Navy, they were, I mean, some of the best and worst of my life. But yeah. looking back on it, definitely the best. That's so amazing because yeah. most people have that like in their family, like oh my uncle, my dad, somebody. And you're just like no, just see if I get an idea. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Wow. So. I was also reading um, about veteran-owned breweries, um, mm-hmm. that there's like an organization that gives back for like homes for the troops, then the mm-hmm. Jonas Project and Red Circle Foundation, things like that. That's fantastic. Are you guys involved with things like that? Um, not at this point, yeah. we're not making that much money yet. Um, <laughs> we haven't been a brewery yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is an organ. so transitioning out of the military is very challenging, mm-hmm. and so what we want to do, I mean, diversity across the board for us is a priority. Um, that includes women, that includes people of color, that includes veterans. That's awesome. And so there's a couple organizations that we're hoping to partner with that gives transitioning veterans a taste or an internship mm. within our company, um, still paid for by the government. And then if we choose to bring them on full time, then they'll transition out of the service and join us. So there's things like that we definitely want to do. Um, I think giving back, we'll wait and see. And we want to support our local community wherever we end up. That's awesome, yeah. Things like that. So um, we're really excited for that stuff. It's just... Right. We got to yeah. get, get there. Step by step. Yeah, absolutely. So we're having the Raspberry Crush Gozer right now. Mm-hmm. Tart is a great word for it. Yeah. I, I hate when some Gozes are... I'm not a huge, like, Goza sour fan, and some of them just, like, do something to the roof of my mouth. This is delicious. And maybe it's the raspberry that goes with it. It kind of cuts it. This makes it super juicy and very, very easy to drink. It's refreshing. Are you drooling over there? <laughs> right? Uh, so this one is... Um, it's so good. You definitely get that kick of salt yes. at the end of the salinity. Um, there is over two pounds of raspberries per gallon wow. of liquid. Wow. Um, so you get the, the color, absolutely, the aroma, um, flavors of raspberries on the palate, but not the sweetness. Mm-hmm. So like like a goes, it's a dry finish and doesn't have any residual sugar. So um, it does leave a really refreshing aftertaste and you can keep drinking it pretty easily. It's delicious. It is really good. Tons of raspberry flavor. Yeah. So how did you um, decide which styles you're doing or did you leave that up to your brewer or did you have like an idea like this is what we're thinking make whatever come back to us for like final say (laughs) yeah um i think what's great about our mission in expanding craft beer with beers that are lower and bitterness and fruit forward Mm -hmm. is that those are some of the most popular styles today and the best selling and the ones that people are willing to pay a premium for which is great because they're very expensive beers to yes. brew when you're using a lot of hops and a lot of real fruit yeah. mm-hmm. um, so for us I think it was 
you know, as we've grown and wanted to expand our portfolio, we literally have a chart of the kind of, you know, we want things to be fruit forward. We want lighter bodied or um, if they are heavier bodied, you know, you're balancing the alcohol and the, in the case of our sour IPA or sun up, you're balancing residual sugar with fruit forwardness with the alcohol so that it's still an approachable, well-integrated beer. So I think I love sours. I love seasonal beers. Seasonal beers are really mm-hmm. popular. So for us, the raspberry goes, I think was our desire to answer uh, people who want beers that are fruit forward. And mm-hmm. you know, like Leanne said, if you like hard seltzer or you like rosé or you like cocktails, yeah. something like this Goza, I mean, you could put it in a glass with a salt rim and it would taste like nice. a raspberry margarita. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, um, and that's and also, tequila. Yeah, add tequila. tequila. Yeah. Well, we do want to do beer cocktails. Sounds like you've done that before. Wind <laughs> <laughs> <Light> it up. <laughs> We do want to do beer cocktails in the tasting room um, nice. or tap room. And so, you know, whether that's beer with hard alcohol or beer with um, cider or other herbal ingredients, we think that's something that will, again, expand the number of people who are interested in beer. Mm-hmm. And our brewer's talents, Johnny's sweet spot is sours and mm-hmm. easy beers. And so, you know, our vision for what we can do with this brand perfectly matched his skill set. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's really hard to make sours that have a lot of fruit in them. Fruit is such a wild card. Mm -hmm. Souring beers, you know, it requires so much oversight and precision Mm -hmm. and Johnny has that. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, giving that vision to our designer, he's like, I think he's adding another layer of personality to the beers with the packaging because, these are really, they don't look like beer, our sours. They look like some kind of crazy seltzer water concoction, yeah. Yeah. which is great. Color. It's yeah. a gorgeous color. How did you guys find Johnny? Just people sending in resumes or did somebody know somebody? So when we were in the very early stages, so this was last August, so a year ago, um, we knew the style we wanted to first make and bring to market. Um, but we didn't know the exact pH level it should be at every right. point in the process. We didn't know the salt profile right. it should be in the water. So we're like, okay, we need to bring in somebody who's done this on a commercial scale right. as a consultant and just have mm-hmm. him or okay. her make the recipe for us. Okay. So we found him on LinkedIn nice. and um, he was one of the few brewers who were active on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. had a profile and um, one of the few that responded. So that's awesome. We met him last August and um, he didn't write the recipes for us because he was still a six point, but he helped us find someone who would and mm-hmm. he helped us find the contract brewing facility and help us understand what to look for yeah. and things like that. And then over time, the relationship just grew really strong. And when we all had to make a decision to leave our paying jobs, he came with us. Wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. We all had the same last day at our prior jobs, April 5th. And then we were unpaid until recently. So, you know, he has committed a lot. And I mean, and we've committed to each other to build the company. So, you know, right now is a great time to talk to us because we're... We've got a lot of beers in market and yeah. we've kind of figured out how to manage all these different work streams like meeting with investors for fundraising, mm-hmm. making appointments with realtor to go see spaces, brewing the beer, selling the beer, literally packing up our sprinter van because we do everything ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're kind of 
got a routine now, but if you had talked to us maybe in early June, it would have been probably chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you guys were home growing, what is either the best beer you ever made or like the craziest concoction? Like, I want to do something with whatever. So I started home brewing in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. There is a brewery there that is inspired by home brewing, home brewing called Bear Bottle. Yeah. Um, so like an empty glass bottle, no label, home uh -huh. brewing type thing. On their bottles, they post the home brewing recipe Stop. for all of their most popular beers. Wow. Um, so my favorite one I brewed of theirs, I think was called Unicorn Dust. It was a hazy IPA and that's pretty much I, I tried a couple more malt forward beers, but I would stick to the double dry hops <laughs> um, in our kitchen in Berkeley. Um, so that was my favorite. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds Unicorn Dust is a great name. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like a great punk rock band name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw a unicorn on everything. Yeah. 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 What about you? Um, so I was homebrewing in a kitchen that was probably the size of this wooden table, so like three feet by yeah. eight feet. We have good pictures of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, coming from having worked at this winery and being interested in the sensor experience, I really, I liked brewing beers that I could you know, feel like ha added different elements and texture. So mm. this particular beer that I'm thinking of is like a hibiscus saison. Wow. I also didn't have temperature controlled fermentation <laughs> vessels. <laughs> and even the word vessel is kind of, you know, <laughs> <as> a bucket. <laughs> um, so I needed to use, I chose to use saison yeast because it has a higher fermentation temperature. Mm. Um, but even playing around like, do I add the hibiscus uh, during the boil at the Whirlpool mm -hmm. or and then I tried doing a tincture with you know vodka and hibiscus and adding it at bottling like that kind of mentality of if I can change the color of the beer that adds another layer of yeah. dimension like yeah. you have all these different senses and you know some of our beers our three hazy beers are not so far off in color but our sours are really expressive when you look at them and mm -hmm. the visual is another a cue to yes. how you experience the beer yes but I had some hit or miss brews for sure. Oh, yeah. Never exploding bottles, but then um, you know, yeah. when I opened them, they exploded. If you know what I mean. And also be tasting, smelling ones. Yeah. But the creativity and the commitment was there. So <laughs> um, where we, you know, I think that was interesting. Like it, it can feel like you're not making much progress when right. you're homebrewing because it's such a long process and so is brewing beer but I think that's why once we started working on this company it was so effortless to put this much time into it because yeah. we tried separately right. and in our own ways to pursue starting a brewery but um, like for me building a business plan and you know Leanne build our financial model that comes much more second nature than right. it does to like struggle through home home brew right. and then you know, have to wait a month to see whether things are actually going right. to work out. Yeah. It's pretty frustrating. So, so when you guys open your tap room, we have a clear understanding of like, the beers you want to do. Will you ever have like one line dedicated to some like crazy experimental beer that is not your thing at all? Oh yeah. Yes. Well, so, <laughs> well, so we'll definitely get Johnny's pilot system, but um, 
lunch date, the name of that beer is inspired by Tara and I sneaking away at our old jobs during lunch to talk about the beers and the brewery. But um, I think we're going to call it blind date. Ooh. And so it'll just be this? like a mystery tap, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's Daddy so cool. Has over time. Maybe we give everyone a, a one ounce pour or whatever. But, oh, that's, that's really um, cool. Yeah, I love so that. Our, that'll be fun. We're doing our first double IPA called Double D. Yeah. And a cup, and later this this next fall. one. Yeah, yeah, next one. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, I mean, with without having our own brewery, we have a lot of time for, you know, thinking and strategizing yeah. about each individual beer. Yeah. So I think that's been great to be really careful as we expand the portfolio and introduce new things. Um, but that sexy stuff is like 1% of the job and the yes. rest of it is, you yeah. know, running around for meetings. Like I've been to four different boroughs in a day yeah. and wow. that's not cause you know, we're contract brewing in the Bronx and we have, we'll have like a delivery in Harlem and then another delivery that needs to get there by 2 PM in Gowanus. And then our truck and our cold storage is in Long Island city. And I live in Manhattan and all right. of a sudden I've been everywhere. <laughs> And it's not even five o'clock at night, and I need a beer. That's so, the worst when um, an account has like a very small window. I know. Oh, we'll be there between two and two fifteen. What? <laughs> I know. Totally. Can yeah. somebody wait longer? Nope. Sorry, can't do it. Yeah. Dealing with the public is a lot, and like dealing with owners <laughs> is mm-hmm. extra special. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, we hadn't done that before. We hadn't done sales. We hadn't done distribution. Johnny has some background in that, but. You know, for us, we kind of went in as optimists because we'd never done it before. So we just, That's the like, best we literally thing. spent mm-hmm. a month, you know, carrying our our backpacks, our refrigerated, well, not refrigerated, but like our, our cooler backpacks mm-hmm. around the city. Um, we got smarter about it over time by narrowing our target account list and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure the buyer was at least going to be there on that day yeah. if we could yes. get them yeah, at the right time. But we just had this boundless energy because it was so exciting and new for us. Now it's a, it's a little more of a routine, but I would say for for all the struggles that sales sales and distribution can be such a grind, doing it ourselves, we've developed these relationships with the business yeah. owners, and you know the way that they treat us, the amount of care they put into presenting our product because mm-hmm. we don't have the option to sell it to customers ourselves. Yeah. Like we yeah. don't have. You know, a brewery, we don't have a guest tap at another brewery's bar, whatever. So we are trusting them to be our representation to the end consumer. And unless we go visit them or go browse untapped, we don't know what people are saying about our beer. But probably 20 or 30 of our accounts that are, they're the best. Like they consistently buy from us. They are always giving us feedback. They're, you know, putting us up on the shelves and promoting us on social media and like, those connections, you know, once we have our own space, even if we're at full capacity, like I can't imagine not wanting to continue those relationships. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You guys have done amazingly well for two people who had nothing to do with like a beer background except for home brewing. Like you said, no sales, no distributing. Yeah. Just came in this very optimistic to get into Whole Foods. Yeah. Then I see like you sold over a hundred barrels in less than three months. Like that's pretty sick. Like that's crazy. Crazy. And you're in Whole Foods. And the fact that I, I hope you like, I know things are crazy right now as we're trying to do all this and go in all the boroughs in one day. Mm-hmm. I hope you have time to like, sit back and reflect and like pat yourself on the back and be like, we're doing really well. 
like do that for yourselves yeah. or pat each other on the back. Like you guys are doing <laughs> really, really well. Yeah. Just know that. Like this is going to all like pay, it's paying off right now. But once you're in a space and you're settled, then you'll see it. Yeah. Just know everybody else sees it. We all see what you're doing. You're doing yeah. a really, really great job. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I just met you. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to touch on uh, touch base on the space that we're in right now okay. and kind of what it means for you guys, if you want to kind of go through that with our listeners. Sure. So we're currently sitting in a WeWork conference room um, near Columbus Circle, so right next to Carnegie Hall. Um, there is a program called We Work Veterans in Residence, uh, where they select 10 veteran entrepreneurs every six months and provide free office space and resources and networking um, to those companies. So Tara and I were selected as one of those 10 companies uh, starting last March to October, and now we get to stay on as mentors for the next cohort. So we'll be uh, over a year of free office space, all provided by That's WeWork. Awesome. This isn't an ad for WeWork, but it is. I mean, <laughs> it's been incredible for us to be able to host investors yeah. and to have a place for us to meet and talk about the portfolio and come up with our production plan. Like, that's pretty great instead of having to do it at one of our apartments or something. Wait, let me find another chair. Hold on, let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so a very nice space. Huge, huge shout out to WeWork uh, yeah. and all that they do for our veterans. Um, thank you so much for coming thank you. on. Hold on, two the... seconds. Sorry, we didn't mention the last beer. Oh, oh yeah, yes. the Jewel IPA. This is the one we're tasting right now. We've already poured it, and it's yummy. Um, there's a lot of fruit in here. It's it's mm-hmm. fucking delicious. <laughs> it says Tart Deco on the can art, and you can see little Art Deco can design, mm-hmm. which was very creative by their London-based. Um, Sour IPAs seem to be like the new trend right now, mm-hmm. which I think is smart for people like me who love IPAs. Not so much sours; it's bringing me in. It's like my gateway to sours. So yeah. smart. Never figure that out. Gateway. It's my word today. <laughs> we want to like with this beer. Mm-hmm. It's again replicating some of the cocktail-like profiles. Mm-hmm. So you have some of the residual sugar from the lactose. Mm-hmm. Um, the tanginess from the lactose and the souring, like it's a sweet tanginess mm-hmm. for me. And then um, using the fruits that we did, so passion fruit, pink guava, and raspberry, it's a mix of the tropical, but then I think the tartness of the raspberry really yeah. shines through. Mm-hmm. And so we are, like, we think this is a really differentiated beer, and it's something that lots of people taste whether or not uh, so non-beer nerds if they taste this they're like wow i've never had anything like this and same thing with the goza right yet goza is a traditional you know german wheat beer style mm-hmm. so for us that's like probably one of the most satisfying things is we're doing a tasting um in a couple of weeks at a social club for women executives called chief and we're oh. presenting some of these beers and they're definitely whiskey or wine drinkers mm-hmm. but that'll be exciting and then next week we are um, pouring our beer at The Wing, which is another female co-working space, their yes. anniversary party. And so seeing the look on people's faces when they yeah. say, I don't like beer, but I like your beer. And we're like, well, it, you probably don't only like our beer. <laughs> right. It's yeah. great that you like our you beer. Like these styles. Yeah, you like these styles. You like these styles. Now you know. We you introduced you to You guys are great, but yeah, you only like my beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but only my ass. And you know yeah. my right now. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right you only like our beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And so we're in a couple of weeks, we'll be releasing our pumpkin version of this beer. Uh-huh. So it's called Pumpkin Roll. Um, Tart Deco is the series, which is our sour IP series. Okay. It is inspired by our head brewer Johnny's mother's dessert, which is a pumpkin roll. Okay. So it's like a Swiss roll with pumpkin okay. um, cake. Pumpkin roll. Yeah, so pumpkin cake that has, for our beer, it'll have cinnamon and vanilla in it and um, brewed with lactose. And okay. then the pumpkin roll has a cream cheese frosting. So oh, the sour wow. IPA and the lactose is kind of replicating that. I'm intrigued. It's, oh, it's a, whole, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing, yeah. It's, it's conditioning right now. But the can is pretty cool. It's, it's orange and um, off-white striped if you yeah. check out our Tropic Berry can. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About that. In a gonna, few weeks, you said. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's conditioning on the yes. vanilla and cinnamon right now. As we speak. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be. Yeah, we're excited to taste it too. <laughs> okay. Let's be real. I think pumpkin beer is one of those areas where non-beer drinkers will drink pumpkin beer. Yes. I love it. I love pumpkin beer. I'm basic. What can I say? Ah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, but I think a pumpkin sour IPA, I've never heard of someone doing that, so that's our our twist on it. I'm looking for it in Whole Foods. Uh, Thank you guys so much for hosting us. This has been a lot of fun. Um, We actually are doing another show together in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Ladies and Beer, uh, we'll definitely let you guys know when that's coming out. Ladies Um, and Jim and Beer. Yeah, yeah, you. Jim will be there too. Um, yeah, this has been uh, loads and loads of fun. Um, listeners, if you're thirsty for more, Jim, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on Anchor, which is the app that we record on. We love everyone at Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Spreaker, Castbox, Overcast, Rocketcast, Podbean, and Radio Public. So. I feel like you made one up, but it's okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Um, thank you for hosting us again, and we will be talking to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.